0: all right welcome to the june 2022 episode of the qa and right now for the first time i mean i might have tried a live one before but in recent history this is the first time that we are doing the episode live so i'm super excited to try this out and i didn't really promote or advertise this much because this is my first time kind of playing with the software uh kind of playing with you know what options are available as far as the app and the streaming and things like that so I kind of wanted to get an idea and see how this would work now if you are watching with me if you can go ahead and just give me a thumbs up or a like or a comment or something i want to see how the app that i'm using interfaces with this Uh, make sure you can hear me okay all that other stuff and then i'll be up front with you i don't know how comments are going to pop up on this but i got my computer running the live stream i got my ipad running kind of my notes and things like that And uh, then, of course, we will give away a prize at the very end as well. Now, as far as graphics, I'm not going to have a ton of graphics because I'm just getting to know the software as far as like my fancy titles and all that stuff. But before we get started, I do got to give a shout out to Lucky Shot for supporting this episode of the QA. And as you guys know, one of my favorite beverages is a pineapple soda. And there's no better way to enjoy a fine pineapple soda. Hashtag not sponsored by the soda company. But I am sponsored by Lucky Shot. And they are making this pineapple soda taste even better Mm. well that's good hey we got some comments already loud and clear over here well thank you very much nick andy and arc if you guys have any questions go ahead and pop them in the comments otherwise i do have the questions that you guys have sent in now If you want to see your question on the show, the best way is to email us. That email address is theqa at gunsandtactics.com. And if this whole live stream thing works out, I'll have fancy graphics and stuff moving forward. But theqa at gunsandtactics.com. That way your question will end up on the show, or right now since we're gonna be doing live and the plan moving forward is to try to do this live at the last Monday of every month, maybe two or three o'clock in the afternoon and we'll just kinda of go until we get through our questions, get through our comments. But if you have any questions about firearm stuff or whatever, go ahead and drop a comment in the comment section and I will see it on here. But uh, I, I gotta say like the look I'm really liking, I'm using my new camera, I have it interface with the computer so things are looking good going from there. Now, I do want to say a couple things. Uh, Kevin and John. John, you like to leave a ton of YouTube comments, which is great. Kevin, you like to send a ton of questions, which is also great. However, Kevin, you sent in 21 emails. And like, these are not short emails. These are long, long emails. So I just, I cannot get to them all. And Kevin, I got to be honest. I'm not sure if I should be taking all of them seriously or not. I, don't, I, I can't tell if you're joking. Like you were, you were asked one about like, what are my rules on cosplay? in class and about furry things like that and legitimately man i don't know if you're joking or not i've never heard or seen anybody in cosplay show up uh and i'm also a little confused because in the past you said you you're not an instructor but a lot of your questions were like when i'm teaching or when i see this or i have to fix that so again i i'm a little confused here so maybe are you running classes now are you getting in the industry whatever it is Uh, send me some info so I can, you know, check it out and maybe we could uh, meet up sometime or something like that. But again, I I don't know what all to take seriously or not. So uh, is it Alen from New Jersey? Thank you very much for checking in. I appreciate that. All right, guys, Uh, what we're going to be doing is, and I think I can add it to, yeah, I can add it to the broadcast. So as you guys make comments, I can hopefully uh, add those on there as well, which is, which is kind of cool. So, uh, as you guys have those pop up, I'll try to do my best to interface with that. So, uh, I just got turned on to Pew Silence silencer testing recently. Are you familiar with it, Andy? Uh, I am not, but maybe it is something I could look into. And uh, I wonder where I could put these comments to kind of have a little bit better of a preview uh, because I don't know about you guys, but the comments uh, down below are, are a little tough to see so i don't know if if i'm allowed to you know add anything to the background there we go boom there we go how's that i'm getting to know this stuff just yet so i'm not sure if you want to maybe uh, drop me a link in the comments i will check this out but i do love silencers i'm a big dead air fan i have a few others as well but i would love to hear more of testing and i do want to check out speaking of dead air i really want to check out the new sierra 5. i have not checked that out yet but it looks uh looks pretty good so I'd be curious what they're doing for silencer testing and and going from there all right uh actually we'll just kind of keep answering some comments before we get to that so uh and don't swear or you know curse or anything like that, as that is that'll probably uh get me in trouble so this one is from pedro hello from new jersey volunteer firefighter what's your opinion on the school's decision and when the different states are going to change their concealed carry permit laws uh, i guess i what school decision are you, are you talking about the Supreme Court? Is that, yeah, misspelled? Um, Is that, I'm guessing that's what you're talking about is the New York Supreme Court case. And okay, before I answer that, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I do want to get your opinion because like I said, you guys are kind of the inner circle. Those of you that watch the QA every month, you guys are regular viewers, kind of the inner circle of that. So I do really appreciate it. But I was thinking about starting a legal series. Now, uh, I'm a little bit more free to speak my mind because I'm not a working cop anymore and I don't have to worry about social media policies and things like that. And there are some really good uh, channels as far as, uh, you know, the Armed Scholar, uh, Colleen Yor, I mean, they do a really, really good job, but maybe I could throw my hat in the ring as far as kind of legal updates. So when we do get legislative updates, when we do get Supreme Court rulings or whatever, it would kind of be a talking head video like this and it will probably be a good podcast format for legal updates so let me know if you guys want to uh, see some legal type videos from me because I would I would love to do that kind of stuff uh, so anyways what do I think about it uh, I think it's great uh, and for those of you guys that aren't familiar the Supreme Court just ruled that it was a New York case that basically it was unconstitutional for the state of New York to regulate a Reason why someone would have to get a permit to carry. They did not have to establish it. And uh, I haven't read through the whole ruling yet. I've read a couple of short articles and summaries, but basically, the Supreme Court said in nowhere other in the Bill of Rights does someone need to establish their reason to exercise a right. So, for example, they don't have to share their reason with the government for their right of free speech or their religion or whatever it might be. So, why are they being required to? establish or share their reason for their right to bear arms. And the Supreme Court ruled that one does have the right to keep and bear arms for self-defense outside of their home. Now, we've also seen some uh, conflicting posts from some of the New York agencies that says, hey, as of right now, nothing is changing, meaning that they're still going to be status quo, which I don't know if that's going to lead to further lawsuits or if their attorneys are waiting to review it and they're going to have to change things, but definitely the way that it seems is that it's going to hopefully be a shell issue, which I would love to see because in my opinion, the more people who are responsible and want to carry a firearm should be doing just that. Uh, I was actually just at an event and I was talking to someone from, I believe it was West Virginia, and I was going to do some homework on this because uh, that case or that incident never really made the news, but... Basically, there was an active shooter type situation. A guy got really mad, went and got a rifle, and was starting to open fire on a crowd. And I believe it was a lady with her concealed carry permit, whatever that state calls it, stopped that shooter. And it was absolutely a great story hearing about it from a local resident in that area. So again, good guys do stop bad guys with guns. That is proven. We all know about that. So I I can share that for a whole nother time. All right, this next one is from... Let's see. Snotty Casual Playa. Well, all right. He has a Springfield Armory St. Victor. If I put a Geisley upper on it with the H2 buffer and trigger, is it's uh, a St. Victor. Uh, you know, I will be honest. I'm not exactly 100% fluid with all of the spec sheets. So I don't know um, exactly what it is. But here's the deal. Uh, anytime you can upgrade, man, I would always recommend upgrading. And a trigger is something that you'll never regret and it's one of those things where if you can upgrade the trigger get a good quality trigger because that is something you'll enjoy every time you go to the range for practice for training whatever it might be so i 100 believe in upgrading triggers that's a great way to do that uh, muzzle devices depending on the device stock other furniture again those are things that you're using every single time so i would totally do that now uh, the Geisley um uh, Upper, you know, yeah, if you want to. I mean, if there's nothing wrong with your current upper, I would say throw the buffer in, throw the spring in. You might control recoil a little bit better and then your trigger. But if you want to, you know, plug and play with different uppers, rock on, man. Go, go right ahead. And if you want a different configuration, then you certainly can. But is it technically then still a St. Victor? I guess probably not, but that's up to you. So again, guys, keep the comments rolling. I love seeing the comments and I'm kind of getting to know the app. So I think that's really cool. Let's go ahead and take a question from the email. This one is from Jesus. Jesus, what buffer do you recommend for an 11.3 carbine length upper? Think about going with the Geisele 42 H2. Is that a good choice? Yeah, it would be. Uh, I did a separate video and I can't necessarily post it live but in the after publishing of this in the description below, or I'll probably put a card up there on my how to choose a buffer video. And it basically says how to test that. So you throw it in, you test fire it, you can see not only ejection pattern, but also ejection velocity, which is important. So I will definitely do that. But an 11.3 carbine is probably going to be overgassed. you know, guessing based on I don't know what exact barrel you have, but... I'm guessing it's gonna be over gas, so the Geisley 42 H2 would be fine. Now keep in mind that Geisley 42 is a strong spring, so I've had issues with some guns that I've seen where people throw that 42 and they throw the H2, and then the gun doesn't run very well because it takes a lot of energy to compress that spring. So keep that in mind. In my opinion, the best buffer system out there is the JP Silent Captured Spring System. It just is awesome, it offers you a lot of tunability, it is smooth, now it's not cheap, but I do really like that, and. If you can put that in every one of your ARs, you won't regret it. So that's a really good question. Uh, one more question, and then I'm going to get to a comment. Uh, it looks like I got a couple comments that popped up. Um, this one's from Ryan. On the Legacy Sports website, it says not to shoot slugs in the commonly asked questions, but everyone on YouTube is shooting slugs, including me. And he's referring to the Boss 25 shotgun. Again, live I can't put... Po- Uh, post a card, but if you're watching this after, there'll be a card up there to my first look video on that, and I did test fire it with slugs. Now, we did go back and forth. I was able to confirm, and basically, I believe it was a typo on their webpage. You can shoot slugs through a shotgun, but it's only recommended to shoot it through a cylinder choke. Anytime you put a more restrictive choke on there, that is when it's not recommended to shoot a slug, because the slug would then could damage the choke tube. It could cause issues with the barrel and you never want to shoot uh, with empty either. You don't want to remove it. So those bare threads are in the barrel. So you always want to make sure you have a choke in there. And if you're going to be shooting slugs, put a cylinder or a smooth choke in there so you can shoot those slugs and you'll be just fine. So again, that's kind of just shotgun 101. So, but great question on that. All right, this one is, uh, uh another one from snotty. Thank you. No problem, man. Thank you for the comment, I do appreciate it. Uh, Pedro back again. You have a Glock 21. What are the best sights to put on it? Well, that is an interesting topic. Here's the deal Glock 21 is a great pistol, in my opinion. You should be putting a red dot on it, but you probably have to get it milled or something like that. My eyes might like something different than your eyes, but here's generally what I recommend as far as sights. If you're stuck running iron sights, a Mariglow cap sight, for example, something like that is a general good standard. I like a sight that has a high-vis front body, okay? So like tennis ball green is generally what color I pick. Orange is fine too, but I want a square sight and then I like a little bit of room in between the rear sight and front sight. Now, some front sights on the market are so big that it goes right up to the rear sight. And me personally, I like a little bit thinner of a front sight or maybe consider it a wider of a rear, but generally speaking, I want a more thinner front sight because it doesn't cover up as much of my target as we increase distance, but I want a high vis front sight, generally kind of a thinner, so I have some room, or a lot of people call them light bars, uh, in between the rear aperture, or the rear blade, if you will, the notch, but then all I'm doing is aligning those corners anyway, so I like a plain black rear, a serrated black rear works great because it doesn't, you know, Uh, Glare or anything like that. I don't need night sights or dots or a high-vis rear But a plain black serrated rear a high-vis front sight with a tritium insert is just fine And again, I like a little bit thinner so I can see a little bit more of the target Especially as i'm doing walk back and accuracy drills and then that allows me uh, To really kind of align those four corners. So yeah, mostly i'm shooting red dots now I'm not shooting iron sights as much, but if I was shooting iron sights, that's what I would be doing and uh the only problem, let me pop this up because it looks like a follow-up question to that is finding the right holster to accommodate a level two or higher. Safariland RDS, if you are looking to go to the Red Dot, they do make RDS series, um, but I don't know if they make it for the Glock 21, so that might be a solid point. Pretty much everything is Glock 17, 9mm, that kind of thing. So yeah, good good definitely good comment all right let me uh grab a couple other comments here quick this one is from nick do you have any firsthand experience with the yankee hill cans if so what's my opinion and i don't um, i'm not saying they're good or bad or anything like that but i literally don't have any first-hand experience so generally when it comes to a suppressor i do have experience with GemTech, um silencer co surefire dead air liberty uh who makes the liberty maybe it is liberty liberty suppressor no that's not right I, it's gonna come to me but uh those are some of the main brands surefire uh those are the main ones that i have experience with now if you're looking for an ar suppressor in my opinion right now dead air has the best mounting solution on the market so if you're looking for a quick detach suppressor dead air Is amazing Uh, surefire is really good too but I found that surefire had more gas in the in my face I definitely felt more gas when I was shooting the surefire suppressors versus my dead air and I like the tone of my dead air suppressors better plus they're just bomb proof and again best muzzle devices plus they have a bunch of other companies now making compatible muzzle devices so i really like the dead air i'm really looking forward to checking out the sierra 5 they are a little bit more money than the yankee hills and stuff like that out there but they're really good now gemtech makes really good suppressors as does silencer coat as well but that's just kind of what i'm rocking right now is uh, a lot of dead air stuff really so that is it all right we have uh, 22 viewers right now which is great for not advertising this and in the future if you guys like the live format Leave some comments. Let me know what you think. And we'll do this just every month. And then we can do a live giveaway. We can do the super chat thing, whatever it might be. So I really appreciate all that stuff. All right. This one is from... Ryan in Indiana, I was wondering how you take a class and shoot with me. I have a new Staccato XC in 509 and I would love to sharpen up my skill set. That's awesome, man. Uh, So right now I do teach a little bit of stuff locally. My personal webpage is learningfirearms.com. I have a couple of classes scheduled in Minnesota for July. I'm not sure if those are going to go. Numbers are a little bit low right now, but we started registration late because of the uh, club hosting and they wanted to have some exclusivity. Uh, Otherwise... I do teach 88 Tactical as well. I teach their Red Dot Handgun Instructor Program, and I do travel around for that. Uh, right now, I don't know what we have coming up for the schedule. I've kind of wanted to take a little bit of travel time off this summer because in the last like month and a half, I just got back from Tennessee for a video shoot. That video will be coming live on Wednesday. It's about uh, the new Honda Pioneer side-by-side models. So that was pretty cool. I got back from Cleveland teaching a class. We had a class in the metro of Minnesota. And then i feel like i was at a different spot before that too for another red dot class and it escapes me but i'm racking up miles and things like that um and then i do have to travel a little bit this fall TriggerCon is coming up in october in kansas so i'm really looking forward to that but uh yeah i i'd love to train with you so uh if You want to host a class i would travel to you if you can get a bunch of people together that would pay for the registration and tuition we could definitely do all that email me otherwise if you wanted to hop in an 88 class i'm not sure if you're le or not but uh yeah that xc and the 509 man that's a great combo i uh yeah i wouldn't hesitate to run that at all i have my xc i'll probably throw an sro on mine i'm not really sure actually i have an sro on my xc now but uh the other thing with your xc if you find yourself wanting to keep that in a little bit more of a duty configuration or have a a little bit more reliable. Uh, Look at upgrading the recoil spring to a nine pound spring. I think it comes with a seven pound spring now. And sometimes if with that nine pound spring, you have additional force allowing it to go back into battery. So that might be a good thing. And I've seen some guys who are looking to carry the XC in more of a duty configuration is they uh, increase the trigger weight to get up to like more like a four pound trigger. And then they increase that recoil spring to the nine pounds so you have a little bit more reliability i mean right now the thing shoots super smooth of that seven but that might be something to consider as well so great question and uh, congratulations on the xc man that's a that's a really nice pistol all right this is uh from pedro thank you and thank you yeah no problem guys thank you guys for the great comments and the great questions i really appreciate that let's give a quick shout out to lucky shot Lucky shot makes some really unique gift wear and glasses and this isn't gonna focus is it nope no nope, because it's looking for my face but anyways lucky shot Is doing some amazing stuff and they are awesome to sponsor the QA and I really appreciate everything that they do and They are just uh, they're good people and they give us a cool prize every month that we get to send out to you so please make sure you head to luckyshotusa.com. And if you use the coupon code that I'll put in the description, I I need to probably make it more fancy so I can do it live, but I'll put the coupon code in the description for Lucky Shot to save yourself a little bit of money and you can get yourself something cool. You can get yourself uh, maybe a gift. You can get, you know, maybe something for someone in your life that uh, just likes general cool stuff. But you can check out Lucky Shot's webpage. This is a recording of all the cool stuff they carry. They carry gift items. They carry glassware. Their signature stuff has the glass in it, and they carry all sorts of uh, of things. So, yeah, it's uh, just a great great company. They carry all sorts of cool gifts. They've been awesome to support us. So I do appreciate Lucky Shot supporting this episode and many episodes of the QA. And uh, I'm just super excited to have them. So yeah, now um, let's. Uh, Let's get back to, let's get back to the show. There we go. Hopefully there wasn't a little bit of a glitch, but uh, I think we're back. All right. Uh, Ryan was wondering, where can you get the nine pound spring for the XC? Dawson Precision would be the best spot to get those. Dawson and Staccato have a really great relationship. Dawson makes a lot of parts, or I shouldn't say a lot, makes few parts for the Staccato Uh, And then springs, that's the best source. So generally, when people are running the Staccato P and they want to get the lighter spring, which used to come with the Staccato P's, but now it doesn't, you can get the 4.4 inch spring from Dawson. And then the XC uses a standard five inch spring and you can get whatever weight. But like I said, I would recommend nine pound uh, for the XC. That's what I'm going to be running in in mine. So yeah, great question Uh, from Ryan. Thank you for that. All right, let's answer a couple of email questions here. I'm happy to help Ryan. All right. All right, this one is from Matt. I've been looking to add a red dot to a full size 1911 as your everyday carry. Watched your video about the 508. I'll put a card up there if you're watching this after the fact. And I tend to overthink things, but my selection narrowed down to a hollow sun, um, torn between the 507, 508. I would honestly just get the 508. It's great. It's just a great all-around red dot, and that's what I would personally put on there, especially if you're going to do a 1911. Now, I don't know if your 1911 is machined or not already, but you could look at something like the Chambers Plate or um, sending it out to Dave Sismic. I'll I'll put a link in the description afterwards if I can find it, but he does some really good machining, and I know I'm not pronouncing his name right, but his is like Dave shoot customs sh- i can't remember what it is but i'll put a link in the description he does really good work really good milling he could mill a plate on there as well for you but i would get the 508 between the 507k and the 508 um, but no one seems to comment on the width difference or if there really even is one of noticeable concern would you be willing to comment on this uh yeah now it's going to be a little bit wider than the slide that's just nature of the beast but depending on the plate that you go so the slide is like here and then you'd get it cut, and the plate would kind of you know, sprout out a little bit to the width of the slide. I cannot put a live gun in a live broadcast. That's against YouTube's thing. So I can't even bring a gun out to show you. That's against the policy. Otherwise, I totally would. But it's really not an issue. Uh, I have 508s and 509s and whatever else on my various 2011s, and it's no big deal. So the 508 would be totally the one to get. So great, great question there. All right, let me just double-check comments here. I think we're caught up on there. Let me uh, take this one from Jimmy. Just wanted to say a lot, watch your videos and get a lot of information, so thank you. Well, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate the kind words and the kind comment. And he has watched the uh, co-witness video, which again, afterwards, we'll have a card up there to the should you co-witness your sights with a red dot handgun. Uh, anyways, uh, let's just say he's installed his gun. The dot's been moved, so I move the dot to the center of the window, and I start my zeroing process. By the time I make my adjustments and it is zeroed, the dot is no longer in the center of the window, but more down and left. Well, the reality is, it's you can put it wherever you want. So just move your hands so that the dot's in the center of the window. So when you say that its dot is low left, you're holding it maybe a little low left. Don't worry about that. Always hold it. So like, if I hold the gun and move the gun this way or that way or whatever, the dot moves whatever. So I'm gonna present it so the dot is in the center. So don't think about where it is because when you're holding it down to the left, there's a good chance that you're using something as a reference, i.e. the iron sights or whatever, and we want to ignore those. How do you get the dot to be more closely centered or is that a non-issue? Or do I make my initial starting point for the dot somewhere else and then zero? An ideal dot in the center would be great, but it doesn't always work that way. Well, it, it really does kind of work that way because all you have to do is just adjust your presentation slightly so that way the dot's in the center. So that's what I mean by that. Here's what I do. I get my gun get my dot i throw it on i shoot and i just no matter where it is i don't make any adjustments i don't try to center or whatever because as i present the dot is in the center of the window so i just simply go at the target and then pick my point of aim and then i note my point of impact i use the learning firearms handgun red dot zero target which afterwards when you're watching i'll put a link down in the description below where you can download those but it's a pdf and then it has little grid lines and if you're zeroing at 10 yards which i personally agree with a 10 yard zero it has the little lines and each line is uh, five clicks. So if you're two lines off, it'll tell you, hey, you need to adjust 10 clicks or whatever. So I'll shoot, boom, boom, boom. And then I'll make my adjustments. And again, as you're kind of holding your presentation, you can present that. So the dot is in the center of the window. Ignore the iron sights, focus on the target. And if anything, then kind of the whole window of the red dot disappears as well. So that's uh, how I would do it. Uh, If you have any other questions, let me know. But I think that's a great question. All right. I think we are caught up on comments, which is great. We have about 12 viewers, so we're down a little bit. Totally fine. What do you guys think of the live format? You like it? Leave a comment below. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully it's good. All right. Now what we're going to do is we're going to address... Let's go back to the emails and let's try to get to a couple of Kevin's questions. Like I said, Kevin, uh, I'm not going to be able to answer all of them. Um, I just... uh, I don't know. But... um, Uh, you asked about helpful hints or advice when scheduling gets changed. Uh, Obviously that's going to be up to each company, their policy, whatever it might be. And then, you know, you kind of went down to like, you know, kidnap ransom um, classes and stuff like that. So again, I don't know what kind of classes you're taking, but if you're taking kidnapping and ransom classes, maybe, maybe you're more of an operator who operates operationally than we uh, are led to believe. So something to think about there, but uh, yeah, I, I, I will, I don't know what to tell you there. It's going to be up to each individual company and what they do for their policy. I'm not going to tell another company how to do their business. Uh, Are there any resources where instructors can learn range etiquette? Because many instructors don't understand that. Again, um, you had a few kind of questions about that. I really want to know these companies or who you're training with or whatever, because you have so many horror stories about bad instructors or cops having negligent discharges or people shooting. Again, I just I don't have these experiences talking to other peers and colleagues, so I don't know exactly uh, what it is you're experiencing and where it is. I think you said you're in Illinois, so maybe uh, John, you and him should link up because John is also from Illinois and he was talking about like ID cards and stuff. I'm pretty sure he was from Illinois. But anyways, uh, go from there. And uh, Nick likes the live format, which is great. So I kind of like it too. Uh, I like, so far it's been pretty good. I just got to update the graphics and get to know the app a little bit better. Uh, All right. Helping stubborn type A students. Some students are so delusional. I did not flinch. I was overdriving the recoil. Um, Yes. Some students are stubborn. I get that. And the best thing you can do is try to have an open mind and good communications. And again, this is looping back. um, Are you teaching now, Kevin? I I guess I'm confused if you kind of shifted roles or whatever. So, but if you are, that's awesome. Uh, But yes, uh, non-delusional students, Students will accept the feedback and get help, but there are some who are stubborn. And I've had it, uh, especially when I used to teach more intro and fundamental courses. You'd have a guy, and I'm using guy generically, but I'd have a guy show up, and you know, we do our little intro. And uh, his friend would say, "Yeah, I'm here. I really want to learn. I have a new gun. Blah blah blah." And then his buddy would be like, "Yeah, I've been shooting for 20 years. I can, you know, hit a pop can, you know, as far as I can see it. And I'm just here because I had nothing else better to do, and I wanted to hang out with my buddy." And that's the guy that we usually have to keep the eye on the most because they have bad habits, they have poor safety habits, and their technique is horrible, and they generally really get humbled when we do our assessment. Now, looping back on the assessment, you did have a question about that, so I want to talk about that one because I think that's a good one as well. Uh, CZ Scorpion, I actually don't own one yet, so I don't have anything to give you from uh, a trigger pack perspective and then, uh, what are some ways a student can lead the instructor from below, especially when the instructor is unsafe and or completely wrong? Again, another horror story. I don't know where or who you're training with that is completely unsafe or completely wrong. Again, send me some names or whatever. I want to do some more more info. So I, yeah, I, I don't know where you're having all this bad stuff. All right. And then there was, I, I, I swear you had a question about... I wanted to loop back to so I don't know where it went though so I apologize I'm trying to go from there Um, and also Kevin you did say you know many instructors do not have the equipment to properly set up an AR for malfunctions what specific equipment are you referring to Uh, let me know if if you are aware of something because Uh, when i go and teach i don't have the opportunity to bring a ton of equipment with me so i'm not exactly sure what you're talking about so let me know what specific your equipment you're talking about obviously we have dummy rounds and things like that or the stick um but you know like brass over bolt yeah it's not going to occur generally in the wild exactly how it will be simulated because when we set it up for you know simulation we generally pinch the brass a little bit so it doesn't damage the gas tube but again i'm not sure exactly what you're referring to so let me know if you had something specific in mind uh because i'm not aware of internet resources like you asked and again most instructors cannot afford to have equipment to set up ar malfunctions so again what equipment are you specifically referring to that you were kind of going from uh there so yeah good question on that i guess i just want to make sure i understand uh, teaching classes with cutaways. Uh, yeah. Again, a lot of it comes down to, you know, not being able to haul as much stuff as, as we can. So yeah. All right. Oh, here it was at the beginning of each class. The instructor goes down the line and has each student unload their pistol, show the instructor their gear, their holster, unload a pistol. Um, and then you put holstering and unload a pistol gives me the creeps. I don't know why you're at a range. It's just a range drill. Um, so I'm, I'm curious on that. I mean. Even when I was teaching with uh, or training with Louis Auerbach, one of the greatest instructors, a really good mentor of mine back in the day, the late Louis Auerbach, uh, he did have a drill where you would unload, show clear, you would holster an empty pistol, you'd have your gun, and you would have to draw, load, and fire. And he was using that as a way to see if your mind was engaged. So some people would draw, then they would come back and load, make ready, and then fire. And he was kind of using that to see how proficient somebody was. Because what he noted when I did it is I was like, okay, this was a drill. This was like a competition or an empty start, something I was used to in competitions. So basically, as soon as I got the go command, one hand went for the mag, one hand went for the gun. I came back and as my hands were mirroring, I loaded, racked and drove on. And I was much faster than the majority of the class. And that was something he noted. And that was kind of a way for him to kind of see where someone's engagement and their proficiency and their efficiency is their, you know, uh, kind of their familiarity with the gun. So that was kind of one thing. Um, But what do instructors want to see during this exercise? And it's not how cool the student's gear is. Well, maybe it is. How do you know that the instructor doesn't want to see how cool their gear is? But anyways, the reason why I do it, I have a warm-up drill. Uh, number one, I want to let people get the rust off. I want to you know, not give them any instruction. I want to give them a warm-up, if you will. But number two, me as an instructor and then with my crew, we want to kind of assess people to see where they're at. Are they able you know, to draw proficiently? What does their stance look like? What does their grip look like? What habits do they have? How do they handle their gun? Because that's going to give me an idea of where we're at as a class. And obviously, every class that I teach does progress a little bit differently. But when I do that assessment and everybody rocks it, uh we can kind of move forward a little bit i know where i can go through things at a more abbreviated pace versus the full lesson Uh, likewise is it also gives the students some real feedback the warm-up drill that i use is a ladder drill which basically means we progress in distance the full drill starts at the far end and decreases in time i will do another video on that because i like it and i get a lot of students who ask me about it because i use it in a lot of my classes but it's a ladder drill it's a warm-up drill and it gives people an idea of where the wheels fall off. Because most people are really good at 5 and 10. At 15, our groups start to open up. And then at 20 and 25 yards, uh, it gets kind of bad for a lot of shooters. So that's a reality check for them. I mean, even when I'm doing some law enforcement classes, uh, I was like, all right, guys, I'll meet you at the 25. And they all walked up really close. And I was like, where, what are you guys doing? They're like, you said the 25. I was like, yeah, 25 yards. And they all kind of looked at me like, our state qual is only 45 feet. We don't shoot past 45 feet. And now you're going to have us shoot 75 feet. And it's like, well, number one, I don't like doing math. Okay. So I think in yards, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. That's not an unreasonable distance, but anyways, going on. So I think we've gotten a bunch of those, Kevin. Um, And then one thing that I did want to add uh, is that, are there any gunsmiths in the field still using an oxy air or map gas torches to braze parts? I don't know of any gunsmith that is doing welding in the field, uh, yeah, I don't know of anybody that is. So that's a good question. All right. And then you had some other stuff about instructors, things that I will kind of add to that instructor craft podcast idea. And maybe that'll be another live format type thing where we can do some of that. So. But that'd be kind of cool. Uh, again, welcome to the new viewers. Our viewers are up a little bit. If you have a question, go ahead and leave a comment in the comment section and I'll get that. Uh, otherwise, we're just getting caught up on our email questions. And again, if you want to see your question on the show, the best way is to email us, the QA at gunsandtactics.com. However, when you're watching live, like you are right now, which is uh, Monday the 27th, go ahead and leave it in the comment. Uh, and then I'll, I always try to check back on comments So for next month, things like that. Uh, but I think we are caught up on questions, which is great. I just want to make sure we're double checking our comments from last month. Otherwise, we're going to probably give away a prize. Thanks to Lucky Shot. So we'll definitely do that. All right. um, John did comment that his Zev Compensator on his Glock works well, but it keeps rotating loose. Even before it rotates, I get shards of copper jacket coming back and hitting you in the face. Uh, You can even see him in the paper target. So Zev tells you that the shards of copper are unburned powder, but uh, I don't know, have you sent them pictures of like the copper or anything like that? So yeah, I I don't know. Um, Here's the thing. I, generally speaking, the thread on compensators are not my favorite thing because they can come loose, field stripping, all this other stuff. Now, I am going to be checking out a slide and comp uh, model coming in for a review. So I'll, I'll definitely report on that. And I am looking forward to it because I know the guys who are behind that. And they do some really good work. And I've met Rick, the owner of Killer Innovations. And the guy's an amazing genius when it comes to thinking about machining and engineering and stuff. So I'm going to be checking out one of his slides and uh, barrels and comp. And I'm probably going to, you know, kind of, you know, a lot of people used to use the term roll and Special and all this other stuff where they were basically having a Glock 19 with a comp to make it 34 length with a 19 grip. And that just never really did it for me. Um, number one, I don't I don't use compensators on a ton of pistols. In fact, the XC is the only compensated pistol I own. And does it shoot a little bit better? Yeah, it does. But I just, I don't really know if a compensator is needed on a pistol to begin with. So that's just kind of my opinion. But yeah, anyways, a uh, little controversial, I know. But because we have issues like that. So I'll report back when I get that one and uh, go from there. And then um, Benjamin, I did see a comment just pop in. So I'll get to that here in just a second. Let me just get caught up on some of the other comments. And I think we might be caught up. Uh, You know, like John also added about like, what about, you know, people who come door to door looking for donations and stuff. Um, Just got to be aware and try to educate people. But again, again, some of these questions are getting a little out of off the track of what we like to focus on. So Um, I appreciate you guys checking in, but I'll try to focus, focus in on what our our lane is trying to stay within our lane here for the QA at least. So nobody really cares about Dave's, you know, recipes or anything. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, speaking of that, One of the things that uh, I am going to be doing is a new playlist or a series called Off the Range. And particularly some of the side-by-side videos that I've done in the past have done really well as far as views and engagement. So I am going to be doing a little bit more of that. But what are some other Off the Range interests or topics that you guys have that maybe you would like to see a video on? Maybe it's something you have a question about or maybe it's something I can look into or something like that. Uh, and again, maybe kind of related to off-road or prep or whatever, that's kind of related to what us gun guys are and gals are interested in, but if there's an off-the-range type topic, let me know. Uh, all right, let me um, hop back in to the comments here, and this one is from Benjamin. I'm waiting for my Staccato 2 What holster and light do you recommend? And then he added inside the waistband. Now, here's the thing. It's going to be a little subjective because Everybody's body shape is a little different what I find comfortable. You may not find comfortable things like that Um, tier one uh, filster Those are gonna be really, really good options. In fact, uh, Filster, being a Minnesota company, um, they're good people, I've met them. They make really good holsters. They have a variety of options. Their Enigma system is great for inside the waistband type carry, but yet you don't even need a belt or anything. So if you had to wear like scrubs or sweats or shorts or something like that, you could use that. And that's more set up for like appendix carry, but they do have others. They're, uh, I believe it's called a floodlight. that's just a great inside the waistband and they can get that for whatever holster configure or light configuration now with the c2 what i'm planning on doing i don't have my c2 yet is i'm planning on going with the uh, streamlight tlr7 because that's just a little slimmer a little sleeker and then i'm probably going to check out a floodlight and i'm probably going to also order one of uh, qvo tacticals holsters quick Violent over uh, Roger owns that company. He also has a YouTube channel. Seems like a super good dude. I haven't met him in person and we've chatted a little bit online. But QVO Tactical, Tier 1, Filster. I'm probably forgetting a few other the Kydex inside the waistband holster companies, but those are really good options. If you didn't want a light, but a really comfortable inside the waistband holster is a Milt Sparks leather or shark sharkskin type holster. But I'm not aware of Milt Sparks making one with a weapon-mounted light yet. But I have a lot of Milt Sparks hip, inside the waistband holsters for various glocks and things like that. And they are super comfortable holsters uh, and they're great. Now, one could argue, do you really need a light on a concealed carry gun? Well, if you can, why wouldn't you, right? I mean, it's always great to have a weapon mounted light. However, if you think about it from the context of, you know, whether maybe you're an off-duty police officer or somebody with a permit to carry or whatever, in order for you to draw and engage your gun, you are reacting to a threat. All right. So you have to see the threat. You have to have already had information that leads you to believe that your life is in danger and you are drawing to protect yourself or present deadly force to protect yourself. So you probably are already gathering some information. And I'm a firm believer in also carrying a flashlight. You know, it helps gather information. The more information we gather, the better decisions we can make, right? So then one would argue, well, do you really need a flashlight on your carry gun? Now that's one argument. On the other hand, Maybe you have your flashlight or maybe you can see that, oh, I have enough information to see, but I want even more information. And I know that I'm justified in doing so. And I can make better hits by having two hands on the gun and using a weapon mounted light, transitioning away from your carry light, or maybe just seeing what you're able to see, having the information. And then you know that, hey, this is going to go down. I need to protect myself. You draw, you present, you turn on your weapon mounted light to make things even better. There's an argument to be made there as well. I'm not saying which one's right or wrong, but I, I think sometimes people put way too much stock into you need this, you need this, you don't need this, you don't need this. Be aware of the other perspective and see you know what your options are. So definitely some good, uh, good topics there. Uh, and then Ryan kind of added for a duty gear holster, U.S. duty gear. I got to play around with the U.S. duty gear holster at a recent trade show, and I was impressed. Uh, my general go-tos are Safari Land and Blackhawk for duty holsters, but that U.S. duty gear did seem pretty nice, so I probably will be looking to check out that in a sample as well especially for staccato that they're making those but they have their own level two level three and uh it looks like they're doing some really good stuff so i'm happy to to see what they're doing guys uh right now we are at uh basically 40 minutes between the comments and the email questions or whatever i was planning on maybe going for about an hour and um you know kind of just kind of seeing how it goes and right now you know we're at about 40 minutes and i don't see any other comments and i think i'm caught up on emails for the most part Uh, but i think we'll probably call it so uh, i don't have a great way to number everything so here's what i'm going to do is we are going to do a random number generator and then we will pick a prize now normally i would have the rules up here as well but we're going to use the comments just because it was the new live format and our random number was number nine. Oh, it focused that time, so that's good. And I'm just gonna go ahead and find the ninth comment. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh Pedro, that is you with your your LOL comment was uh, comment number nine. So Pedro, you are the winner. Uh, Pedro, do me a favor. Send us an email too. The email address, on the, uh, which I can't put on the screen right now, but send us an email address, Pedro. That is the QA at gunsandtactics.com and say, hey, I'm the prize winner and we will go ahead and arrange for your prize from Lucky Shot. So Pedro is the winner for there. But uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I got to admit, the live show was kind of fun. I like this format. I like getting able to interact with you guys in the comments. And uh, we'll do a better job of kind of promoting it uh, in the future. But this will probably be a thing that we're doing it regularly at the end of the month is that we're going to turn the QA live. So that'll be great. We're going to post it on the platforms live. We'll pick a time, maybe two, three o'clock central last Monday of the month. And sometimes that might not happen because of travel or you know other commitments. But I definitely like the live format. Definitely like uh, going live. And, and not going to lie, it saves a little bit of time editing and stuff like that too. So thank you guys very much for watching. Again, if you want to see your questions on the show, email us, the QA at gunsandtactics.com. If you want to support us, go to our Patreon link, which will be in the description, and you can pick different levels. And that is a great way. Otherwise, you can do the super chat, super thanks on YouTube as well. I super appreciate all of that stuff. Thank you guys very much for watching and have a great day. All right, I gotta do a, a screen here for the thumbnail. All right, I'm gonna take a screenshot of that later. Uh yeah. Nick, it could be you. Stay tuned and uh going from there. Oh rosaline we got one last question right before the gate rosaline you made it just before i was about to sign off if i was a beginner what gun would you recommend obviously that kind of depends on handgun long gun all that other stuff but generally speaking for most beginners uh and i know it sounds so generic but if you were looking to buy a handgun to kind of do everything my go-to recommendation is either a Glock 19 or something similar to a Glock 19. Now I refer to the Glock 19 as the Ford F-150 of guns. It really does pretty much everything. Now, is it the best at everything? Nope. But can you carry it concealed? Yep. Does it shoot really nice? Yep. Is it accurate? Yep. Is it reliable? Yep. Is it reasonably priced? Yep. A lot of really good pluses going on, a lot of aftermarket. So that is definitely something uh, to consider. Now, does it have to be a Glock 19? No, it can be a Smith and Wesson. It can be um, a CZ, you know, and there's a ton of good, good guns out there right now, which is really nice and kind of that mid-sized striker fired gun. So it can be something similar to that, that you find ergonomic, you know, HKs, uh, again, the new SIGs, there's so much nice stuff out there, but something like that would be just a general go-to good purpose, all-purpose gun. And then, you, you know, you can even shoot a match with it or whatever in practice, and it's not going to, you know, bang you, uh, beat you up too much. So something like that would be good. And then get something nine millimeters. So you, ammunition is readily available. You can get good quality carry loads. You can get reasonably priced practice loads. So um, go from there. Uh, so that's a good question uh, from Rosaline. I do appreciate the question at the last minute. All right, we're going to try to wrap this up uh, here from the Fleet Farm Days. No way. I don't believe you here. This is, I have no idea how to pronounce your name join join Nops. i don't know so did you know me from the fleet farm days or did you watch the videos from the old huldra days that's the big question that's pretty cool blast from the past yeah every now and again i joke around when i do a video for like warm-up and i say hey guys this is dave from team huldra arms and anyways uh, just it was kind of a habit for a long time so thank you very much for checking in uh, all the way from houston i really do appreciate that all right, guys, now we're at 45 minutes. I really am going to wrap up this time, seeing that there are no more comments coming in. And uh, yes, see you on the next one as well, Nick. Again, email us, the email address, the QA at gunsandtactics.com. Look forward to seeing you in the next live QA. Love this format. I think we're just going to stick to it. This worked out really well. It was kind of fun to do. And I uh, look forward to seeing you guys in the next one. Thank you very much for watching, and have a great day.